This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Selamat datang ke Bila Larut Malam, rancangan yang membincangkan fenomena budaya moden. Saya Hanif Baharudin. Malam ini kami akan bercakap dengan Joe Kidd, individu di sebalik inisiatif untuk mencipta satu arkib rock and roll Asia Tenggara yang dipanggil Rice Cooker Archives. Anda boleh berinteraksi dengan kami melalui Twitter di @bfm radio sekiranya anda mempunyai sebarang pandangan yang anda ingin kongsikan bersama kami. Anda juga boleh like page kami di Facebook, cari BFM Bicara untuk mendapatkan perkembangan terkini daripada kami. Tahu atau tidak, Malaysia dan Asia Tenggara mempunyai scene muzik underground yang amat kaya, bersejarah dan berpengaruh. Pelbagai hasil karya dihasilkan dari demo dan rakaman jamming sehinggalah kaset, flyers, majalah, t-shirt dan macam-macam lagi. Tetapi disebabkan fitrahnya, tak semua bahan-bahan ini mendapat penedahan yang meluas. Dan yang lebih penting lagi adalah, adakah bahan-bahan ini disimpan dan didokumentasikan sebagai sebahagian daripada sejarah kita? Menyedari kepentingan proses dokumentasi dan arkib ini, Joe Kidd, gitaris band punk Kaburi Tedang, memulakan inisiatif arkib yang diberi nama Rice Cooker Archives. Saya Joe uh, ataupun Joe Kidd. Sekarang ini saya jalankan The Rice Cooker Archives yang bertempat di uh, Zhongshong Building di Kampung Atap, Kuala Lumpur. Rice Cooker Archives adalah inisiatif dokumentasi dan arkib scene music rock and roll di Malaysia dan Asia Tenggara. Joe akan menceritakan dengan lebih lanjut usaha beliau ini bermula dengan perjalanan hidupnya dan pendedahannya dengan scene music underground. Macam mana nak cerita? Because basically, I uh, was involved and still involved dengan underground music since sampai sekarang. Lah. And then, I got involved in it because I fell in love with punk rock lah when I was very, very young. And then, uh, it continues lah sampai... The scene mula di Kuala Lumpur di mana anak-anak muda daripada seluruh Malaysia datang melarikan diri daripada kampung-kampung mereka. Uh, around late 80s lah. Um, starting from about 87. Di mana budak-budak berkumpul tu mulakan band-band mereka. And then itulah dikatakan sebagai uh, terbentuknya uh, scene music, skena music underground uh, Malaysia. Dia orang ya. And then I, I datang ke Terengganu and then join them in 1988. 1988. Di mana I was working, saya datang bekerja dengan The Star sebagai trainee reporter. And that's, but almost every night dekat Center Market hanging out with them. And then it goes on lah. But banyak sebab <laughs> saya buat show, buat uh, fanzine. And then uh, started a sub-label called Sony Asylum in 92. Uh, record dan release Moda, The Pilgrims, first album, Impression Maggot, first album, and also buat kompasi, Circle of Friends, and basically, semua tu sekitar Santa Market lah, di mana kami duduk melepak almost every night. Uh, so, it's like, uh, saya decided to kind of like, find somebody who can finance to do a record label, because by that time, kami dah frustrated, <coughs> because there's a, There was actually ada satu label namanya Noise Records yang ingin ambil semua band-band ni yang awal kan seperti Silent Death, seperti Punisher, Nemesis untuk projek pertama. Tapi tiba-tiba dia orang bungkus. So from then on kami macam dah macam terdesak lah in a way. Kami tak nak 
I rasa that time kami tak nak join apa label-label yang ada ketika itu. Sebab memang label-label ketika itu agak ngeri lah because diorang ni kebanyakan diorang tak bagi band-band inisiatif sendiri kena buat lagu orang lain. So that's not the way lah for a lot of us lah kan. Uh, so that's where I started to find out di mana kita boleh start a label but of course we don't have money. So went to see some of the record, existing record company at that time lah kan. Then. And then uh, one label decided to go ahead with us. At the same time juga BSP dah mula release Chromo. And then ada uh, production house nama Karungguni tak silap yang release FTG first album. Tu kira antara mula-mula rakaman-rakaman pertama lah dalam dalam underground scene Malaysia ni. So kita nak pembanyakkan benda tu lagi tapi dengan a bit more control lah dengan apa yang kita buat. Because the main thing is about control apa kita nak bikin ni kita tak nak macam ikut intisari orang ke and all that you know. So and then from that on uh, I was involved in the scene sampai Yeah, 94 saya start writing dengan The Sun. Uh, saya ada kolom bernama The Blasting Concept di mana Blasting Concept ni weekly and it's a one page pull out bersama the main pull out yang bernama Perfect Pitch. So every week. Uh, so I am the one who the editor and the writer for everything lah. And then it's all about uh, the underground music scene di Malaysia lah. So daripada review demo-demo yang keluar, uh, apa yang the next gigs coming up, interview dengan band, all those things lah. Tapi only on one page lah. And that one page, saya dapat persetujuan lah daripada pihak The Sun yang saya tak nak ada advertisement dalam page tu. Because basically the whole spirit is being independent kan. So it be funny lah kalau kita tiba-tiba ada advertisement daripada let's say uh, Majun cap cangkul kan, <laughs> tak kenal kan. So it went on for about sampai 98. 98 I stop and then I started to do my own business which is because throughout the years from daripada 95 tu I started to belajar dengan sendiri, tak masuk kelas lah. Uh, how to do design, website and uh, you know print design. So by about 98 I can start to do my own freelance business. And that goes on lah. And throughout the years, I had my band I, which is Kabaret Tedang. And then I got a few more bands before that. Ada yang band project-project. Uh, banyak cerita lah. I mean, macam-macam lah I've been doing for a long, long time. And then I, 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 I have seen how the kita punya underground music scene atau music, music alternative di Malaysia ni, how it berkembang, how it kembang surut. And then how it like go up and down, how it broke up and come back again and all those things lah. So, I decided, I've been dah lama nak tulis uh, the, the story about it. Because I think uh, apa yang ada, apa I went through should be shared lah. But I, I tak boleh because I don't have the money to really sit down, not, not do anything, concentrate on it. So, it's only in 2013 that I got funding from uh, a, a Japanese foundation, art foundation actually. And from there lah, so I travel for one year. For one year around the uh, region, and then during the travel tu lah saya saya realise yang tak ada arkip tentang tak kira lah kalau underground ke atau tak uh, dari segi rock and roll lah tak ada. So rasku ke shop yang saya buka yang asalnya daripada blog yang saya start dalam early 2000 tu, early 2000 the blog started yang 
sama macam Blasting Concept tapi it's on online. Sebab saya buat website kan so easy for me lah to do all this thing. And uh, so 2007 kami di offer oleh kawan kami yang sedang bikin uh, restructuring of Central Market. Uh, she's the main architect doing all that. And then she suggested to me why don't I do something dekat uh, the annex tu. So then I buka Rascal Shop lah. Di mana Rascal Shop is actually more tentang memberi ruang kepada suara-suara alternatif. Yang di mana dari segi muzik ke, dari segi lukisan ke, fencing ke, writing ke, apa-apa saja. Even daripada film ke yang masa time tu kan Amir Muhammad semua dah bikin dia punya independent film. Semua. Ini an outlet lah. So Rascal Shop is the outlet for such thing yang concentrated all around Saudi Asia maksudnya uh, Indonesia, Singapore, uh, Sabah Sarawak termasuklah Filipin, Thailand you know. And then it goes on after a while and then then I got my funding to go travel so I close the place tak tutup lah sebab ada kawan nak ada tapi rasanya better sebab I be travelling for one year so tutup lah. And um, like I said while I was doing my interview doing the research I Realize yang tak ada arkib tentang rock and roll atau even punk atau apa metal ke apa tak ada. So bila I dah siap semua tu and I'm, I'm writing my book now, at the same time, I go through all the archival material yang I dapat daripada all, all over. <coughs> ada yang thesis uh, study daripada Jakarta, ada yang thesis study daripada Manila and then all my collection of interviews and then all the fanzine kaset, CDs yang ada bawa balik and even yang saya dah simpan daripada dulu lagi kat sini should be housed in one place so people boleh datang and then you know, let's say they want to do a study on it they just want to curious on certain things so be a place lah so this is this is what I'm doing with the Rascal Ke Archives yang kita sekarang duduk perbincang di dalam biliknya yes Okay, Jo ada simpan pelbagai macam bahan, bahan muzik, CD, majalah dan sebagainya. Uh, jadi adakah memang sebelum Jo nak create, nak mulakan uh, Rice Cooker Archive ni, Jo memang dah, dah mempunyai orang kata, the hindsight lah to actually wujudkan something like this masa, masa muda tu. Yep, sebab memang saya ni nerd sebenarnya. Nerd. <laughs> Apa tu orang panggil otaku uh, kalau bahasa Jepun lah. In a way that orang yang agak obsesif lah tentang apa yang dia suka. And then saya memang macam tu since saya jumpa punk dalam tahun 78 di mana abang saya introduce me to punk in 1978. So from then on I was very uh, because it's so exciting masa tu. You just imagine the, the time lah like 1978 killing you all this abang-abang yang more into Led Zeppelin dengan, dengan Deep Purple ataupun Eagles ataupun apa. Kan? Jadi The main line then fresh at that time 78 was still like the bahang is still really really hot in terms of what happened in the punk rock explosion as they call it from 76 to 78 even 79 number it goes on so I, from day one lah, I started to collect apa yang dibuat it's very hard because I duduk tengah no aku duduk kat duduk so it was very hard but then I I become like a passion lah. So I buy magazine, I would listen to the radio, which is the BBC radio. I was listening to John Peel show every time. 
And after a while, I started to subscribe uh, magazine. Itu ada nampak yang daripada England, tapi ada jual di, di KL. So, saya hantar duit dalam sampul surat ke kedai di KL ni, di Pertama Kompleks, and then dihantar kat sana. So, then I can keep a breeze of what's happening in England lah. Uh, what band coming out and all that. Because memang susah. So, what I'm saying is, memang... I dah ada koleksi yang agak substantial lah. Even when the local underground music scene that started to record themselves and everything. So I I try to keep, I kept the flyers. Even I pun designed the flyers in 89, 1990. And gambar. And cutting-cutting di Surabah lah. I mean, from daripada Datuk Marhamat potong rambut wings dengan search <laughs> sampai Mahathir berbincang tentang pang dalam parlimen all this i mean all this kind of like you know, pivotal or important uh, mention or even the the moral panics of punk and youth subculture i disimpan untuk orang lokal lah and of course bila i starting to write this book i was looking for more lah and then i dapat jumpa lagi ramai lagi yang ada koleksi dia orang everything lah so my collection sekarang ni dekat rumah satu bilik tu dah macam overflowing in a sense lah sebab itulah antara perkara ni selain daripada I tak jumpa arkit-arkit semacam ini di Asia Tenggara dan juga rumah I yang jadi arkit tu dah <laughs> melimpah so you know and also sebagai masa saya masa saya travel tu saya sebagai apa ni public intellectual in a sense so orang macam public intellectual ni dia the need of these spaces like this di mana boleh mereka datang dan do their research and look at certain time because even the other day saya ada jumpa abang-abang tahun 60-an dulu pokok-pokok yeye yang gang and then bila saya tengok dia punya talk ada pak-pak ni orang silap dia orang silap tahun you know because they themselves don't really cannot apa get the accurate uh, but for me I would go to newspapers and look so In a way, I can even correct them that okay, this is not this not this You know things like this, like that. and then being a nerd, like that. You know, but for me, it's very important, lah. So, bagi saya atau orang macam saya, rasa ke akar ni memang penting, lah. Tapi so far, I'm doing it for on my own and and using my own money. I tak I tak ambil funding or anything. So it's a bit slow, lah. And even now, after we launched this space in. In August last year, and then now dah dah April kan, and it's still tak siap lagi di space basically. Walaupun kami dah buat satu exhibition tentang gambar-gambar daripada the punk rock scene semua everything lah. So it's it take while. <laughs> so kira memang because of your personal collection dah ada kira dah ada head start lah untuk uh, mengumpul pelbagai macam. Uh, kata barang yang ada di sini uh, mungkin boleh ceritakan sikit apakah jenis barang-barang yang ada kat sini selain daripada mungkin tadi ada sebut flyer uh, standard flyer demo magazine apa lagi yang ada dekat sini flyer demo demo tape very important sebab ada setengah-setengah tu yang budak-budak yang started the scene recorded let's say by 87 88 89 demo lah mostly macam dia orang jamming dalam studio ada saya ada satu yang recording punisher antara band pertama yang main transmitter sini live di Teluk Intan <laughs> So this things like that lah. And even like uh, I recorded uh, Black Fire antara band yang yang important lah dalam dalam history uh, underground kita ni. Uh, saya recorded dekat Semahau itu dah dah rilis. So maksud saya banyak benda lah. So 
Kalau lah newspaper cutting Daripada newspaper cutting Daripada fanzine yang budak sini Saya pun buat fanzine Masa 86 sampai 93 Macam tu So dah masa you buat fanzine pun You bertukar-tukar You trade lah kita banyak sis, pakai sistem butter lah in a way. So, ada koleksi-koleksi fanzine daripada budak-budak lain yang buat ada di Indonesia ke, Indonesia ke, atau di Filipin ke. Uh, so, fanzine, kaset, uh, records, vinyl uh, lah, and uh, CD, siapa lagi, t-shirt pun ada. T-shirt yang kebanyakan yang yang buat in the years of the 90s lah. Yang local band design. Yang tu banyak yang dah orang dah terlupa and then, uh, saya nasib baik kerana saya ramai kawan-kawan yang pioneer yang buat t-shirt ni and then actually the first time they want start buat t-shirt band local it actually about 92 baru they want start dengan silent dash semua tu sebelum tu semua nak buat t-shirt band luar lah <laughs> daripada slayer ke kepada creator ke and all that lah uh, so yeah itu pun even block Blog buat t-shirt tu saya simpan. So, saya manage to get to meet several people yang buat t-shirt. Yang tanya diorang masih ada tak? Sebab kebanyakan yang buat t-shirt ni, dia bila dah, dah tekap, after a few a while, dia akan uh, basuh balik. So, guna balik. Tapi buang yang design tu. Uh, so, nasib baik ada yang masih simpan. So, banyak saya ada kat sini dalam let's say 30, maybe more, 50 tu. Yeah. Which is important lah bagi saya lah. <laughs> And then, uh, a lot of buttons, you know, anything yang to do with the history of the underground music. And also, because I dah buka kepada the larger thing, which is rock and roll, Satu Asia, lagi banyak. And that means that magazines there for the 60s, you know, there's a magazine in Singapore, I dah lupa tajuk dia, yang started to write about Ben Pok Yeh Yeh since uh, 60, 66 sampai 68. Ha, ada budak ada hantar because they know I do but so that's the best thing lah because banyak orang yang dah, dah tahu dan dia nak tolong so, you know I always invite people to send anything lah because it's not for me it's for the archive kan ha, so another thing is like ada kawan-kawan yang dah let's say dah nak bersara dari segi dengan music ni <laughs> ada yang jual lah ada, ada yang datang bawa sini je ha, so then I go through it apa yang penting harus simpan you know Yeah, things like that lah. Banyak-banyak. Macam-macam lah. It's quite big lah. And it's for me alone to handle it lah. Tapi I suka. It's like uh, something yang macam mana bagi saya crucial, penting. And then juga bring happiness to me lah. You know, to do this thing. Sebab so, I can be quite, like I said before, uh, obsessive. You know, let's say somebody come up with, okay, this album is put out. And I say, okay, when, when, when was released, you know. You know, mana gambar macam mana, you know, and everything. And then another tactic in what I'm doing now, sebab kita ada banyak kolektor. Uh, maybe some of the kolektor tu dia hanya nak collect untuk dia jual balik in letter for higher price, which is fine, you know. Because at the end of the day, dia still keeping, apa tu, uh, menyimpan barang-barang ni instead of just buangkan. So my, my way is to meet them, see the collection, and I just take the data lah. I take the pictures, I would pinjam and then digitize it. And so that I have the digital copy of it. And uh, I would do a timeline where it was released, when it formed and all these things. Lah. And I go through, it always I pergi ke Sabah, go to the museum there, checking out the magazine, collect collect magazine and juga Sakabah yang ada. So that I can go through and see what's happening in the Kota Kanabalu, let's say, in, uh, let's say, 67, you know. And I met some of the 
band yang yang aktif at that time you know this thing lah and then the idea is for me to have you all the cats one play which is the rest of okay people can come check it out and then beside that the projects ada it be run on project basis lah there's a lot of projects beside just documenting we will also re-release a recording recording yang penting yang saya rasa penting dan rasa need to be re-released but in a better quality lah and so that's I have a list of that we're going to do and then uh, let's say we're going to write thinking of write uh, on a book let's say because the books that come out in Singapore mainly talk about band-band yang nyanyi ikut Inggeris this is done by my friend also lah namanya Joseph Parera dia dah keluar tiga buku tentang band-band tahun 60-an tapi hanya Band-band yang menyanyi dulu English. Jadi, bagaimana tentang The Swallows, Impian Batik, atau all those bands lah. Tak ada. So, this is among the thing that I'm trying to do lah. To write about them. And then, from then on, we can do a thematic exhibition, which is traveling. Let's say I would go, I would do it here first. Kami ada space untuk galeri ke sini. Tak besar, but it's enough. And let's say we do that here for like a month. And then we travel. And the best thing about traveling with your exhibition is, Let's say your exhibition is on 1965, let's say. And then you will meet all those people yang datang for the exhibition. And even them, they can put their input and then we can interview them. And then even the interviews are very important, you know, like to simpan, you know. Interviews are very important for to simpan. And uh, from there, people can use it to do their whatever research that they're doing also. So there's a lot of things. Yeah, it's an idea like that, and, but it grew, you know, it growing and growing, growing, you know. And uh, I'm thinking that once everything that already that started and everything, that I would need some people to help me out, lah, like interns, lah, so called. Uh, but so now it's kind of dah apa ni dah identify beberapa nerd nerds yang ada di keliling saya <laughs> yang boleh tolong yang akan you know nampak mereka kecil kecil. Oh, silap tu, kami June, okay, something like that, lah, you know. Yeah. So. Berdasarkan apa yang Joe ceritakan tu, uh, it seems that macam even proses mengumpul tu, Joe tak keseruangan lah. Memang mak, kalau kita nak perhatikan kat luar tu, ramai lagi orang yang membuat benda yang sama, mengumpul benda-benda sebegini dan ianya orang kata sedikit sebanyak memudahkan uh, kerja jugalah dari segi nak ni. Tapi tapi tak berapa mudah juga kan? Yang memudahkan sekarang sebenarnya uh, internet. Social media cukup membantu. Pertama, mereka-mereka kolektor ni atau mereka-mereka involved dengan certain music scene, tak kira rock ke pang ke metal ke apa ke. Sekarang ni ada grouping-grouping dia orang dalam Facebook. Dan saya jo- selalu join dia orang lah. And then from there, sometimes you put up some picture. Oh ni gig tahun berapa. Oh ini raya dekat Penang dulu masa ni. <laughs> oh this thing kan. Uh, so that's that's make it really easier for me lah. Then I can contact them and can you like take a good picture of it so boleh simpan you know this thing. And also YouTube. Ah, now YouTube kan, everybody pakcik-pakcik yang yang peminat-peminat 60-an dulu kan, yang, yang sekarang ni dah, dah reti digitize and then letak all those music on YouTube. And you can listen to it, even though just the music lah, tak ada fakta-fakta sangat. Tapi it's good enough for me, you know. And then, also another thing that we have Discogs now, Discogs.org, which is like uh, where, di mana, bila you want to look at a database of release music, on vinyl cassettes and CDs is there. So even like catalog-catalog daripada let's say label-label Malaysia dulu pun ada di sana. Ada mereka yang letak. So we can go through that and see and then check out bila and everything lah. And the, the details are there. And then, then you go to YouTube to listen to the song. 
And uh, you know, and then kalau tak ada, then you might find somebody selling something. Then you contact them. Can I have a picture of it? Or can I pinjam to digitize it? So it really does make it easy. You know, kalau tak kita kena pergi jumpa orang, you know, kan? Uh, so it's, it's good. And then even in terms of books, saya pun simpan books. Tapi kita memang tak banyak buku tentang music. Yang ada sekarang ni saya ada dalam yang Italia ada kawan yang buka tentang OAG satu yang Butterfinger saya cari tak jumpa lagi and uh, there's a few more Aziz Aziz story Aziz antara orang yang mula buat fancy metal di Malaysia ni ada buat buku juga so this, those are very good lah tapi kalau kerja pergi di Indonesia banyak ada tentang let's say God bless lah tentang all these bands macam Danny Sakri ada buat buku 100 years Indonesian music and all those things so I try to collect all those things also and then, so If we have a library here lah Anda telah mendengar daripada Joe Kidd, pengasas Rice Cooker Archives, satu inisiatif untuk mendokumentasikan dan menyimpan pelbagai karya muzik rock and roll di Asia Tenggara. Kami akan berehat sebentar. Selepas ini, kami akan mendengar lagi usaha-usaha yang dilakukan Joe untuk mencipta satu arkib muzik yang bermanfaat untuk semua. Saya Hanif Baharudin, BFM 89.9. BFM 99.9 anda sedang mendengar rancangan Bila Larut Malam bersama saya Hanif Baharudin. Minggu ini Jokit, gitaris band punk Carburetor Dang dan pengasas Rice Cooker Archives menyertai kami untuk berkongsi usaha beliau mendokumentasi dan mengarkip pelbagai bahan-bahan berkaitan scene music underground dan rock and roll di Asia Tenggara. Kami akan meneruskan perbualan kami dengan meneroka aspek menyimak fakta dalam proses arkip yang dilakukan beliau. Macam Joe ceritakan tadi, uh, orang kata budaya meng- mengarkipkan uh, benda Uh, let alone music in Malaysia agak kurang kan jadi this is like one of those attempts lah to actually start archiving uh, apa yang menariknya ialah macam Joe ada sebut tentang fact checking kan dan bagaimana ianya penting dan saya rasa ianya, itu adalah salah satu proses yang agak penting bila bercakap tentang nak mengarkipkan sesuatu kan there is an academic process to it kan ianya bersifat ilmiah sedikit bersifat akademik uh, jadi bagaimana disebabkan korang tak ada orang kata proper material or proper macam Uh, record untuk basekan korang punya fakta tu macam mana korang fact check benda-benda sebegini mostly uh, newspapers because newspapers sometimes they will have especially like new the early news at time the 60s and all that and they have adverts advertisement okay like Philip baru release uh, The Swallows and then you can see the date and everything and then they will always usually have a list of other releases let's say M. Osman bila release and all that so you can check fact check on that and in terms of the 80s and the Even the 90s, you can go to the magazines lah. You look at the uh, apa ni, publishing time and everything, you know. So, sebab tu saya sekarang ni duduk cari magazine-magazine Malaysia juga and uh, ada tori saya jumpa, editor. Ingat tak majalah bernama Tone? Tone Magazine. <laughs> Tone Magazine in the late 90s was one of the premier magazine dalam bahasa Inggeris tentang the local music scene also overseas lah tapi ada banyak dekat dalam Malaysia. So, I jumpa the editor Sharon. Sharon akan bagi saya the whole collection of those things. 
So later on kita ada Junk Magazine and then ROTTW pun banyak. So all this thing is very important lah. So kalau semua ada kat sini, then we can go go through it. You know that. Um, and also saya punya column dulu pun, uh, four years of column, you know. So four years of weekly column. So that's a lot also. So you can go on fact-checking through that also. And a lot lah. And then all this thing quite important lah. And then ada, ada juga budak-budak yang sempat record rakaman uh, radio show and all that. So which also, also very important. So the academic side of things for me is not so much in terms of trying to look at it. Let's say how the social political incidents at that time and all that. Memang ada lah. Tapi for me it's more about having apa yang dari yang ada dulu ada di sini. Because researchers have their own angle nak ikut ke mana. So they can just come around and just see which one they're doing. And then it's all going to be like a true proper database that I'm doing now lah. Guna FileMaker and all that lah, you know. Which some of it akan on, be online. Which is the, saya dah dapat the rice cooker archive.com. So all these things so it's going to be there. And then another project is to interview people that comes through even. Saya dah interview orang yang datang. Ada ramai datang visit saya dan Then saya interview orang. You know, and through that also. So there's a lot. There's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, and dengan bantuan teknologi, macam proses menyedigitalkan benda-benda yang ada di sini juga agak penting juga kan? Yeah. But saya dah banyak involved dengan recording since... Uh, You know, since my band started recording in the early 90s and then I started my own label and released the Pilgrim second album too. That's my own label. So I slowly, and then my drummer, Bullet, is one of the best recording uh, engineer. He actually was recording a lot of the artists in the 80s, <laughs> in, the, in the late 80s and early 90s. So I learned a lot from that. And then again, because of YouTube and everything, then you can learn and then do yourself. But I used to hands-on, so I thought, ada masalah in a sense lah because saya macam always uh, apa ni control freak in some ways <laughs> so I have to learn how to delegate the job but at this point I'm doing it all myself so I'm kind of belajar how to clean up really bad recordings and the technology yang kita ada sekarang sangat-sangat dahsyat you know let's say you have a recording like this tiba-tiba ada motor lalu you can buang buang the the motor the sound of that capture going by You know, easily. It's like almost like Photoshop. So I'm learning that and everything. So to have a good representation of all this old recording. Macam mana pula dengan preservation of macam magazine-magazine lama ni semua kan? Adakah itu juga perlu di-digitalkan? Macam ataupun um, kaset-kaset yang dahulunya? Saya would go more for the uh, for the recording first lah. I mean, in terms of the... Kalau boleh memang nak lah. I mean, go through all the magazine, go through the... the, the and then digitize it. I mean, OCR lah. Uh, so that you can put it online and go through and everything. Um, but for me, a lot of kita punya majalah, uh, sebenarnya coverage orang is not so in-depth, you know. Uh, so apa kita dapat is mostly permukaan lah. Tapi that's good enough lah kan. Ada juga yang in-depth tapi ada yang melalut. <laughs> tapi kita tak pernah ada majalah yang sebenarnya yang really uh, knowledgeable and then really... Um, In depth, what were they doing? Like, I remember when I was reading magazine from the UK, let's say New Music Express, which is weekly over there those days, kan? Yang saya dapat daripada complex pertama those days. Uh, kalau dia talking about one band, uh, let's say talking about, let's say, uh, let's say the class lah. And they will follow the class. They can record the class for two, three days or even a week. And then when they come up with the article, it's like really 
really in depth on you know on not just the band and where they're coming from you know the lyrical content and the situation that is happening around them socio political you know for me sebagai nerd memang itu yang I suka lah and then the way they have been olah it doesn't remove itself daripada uh, the political ideas and, yang uh, ada ada you know, situation yang ada in the area which is for me is very complete lah tapi kalau banding itu punya majalah hmm, masalah sikit lah kan <laughs> especially yang sekarang ni lah ok uh, nak mulakan proses dokumentasi di Malaysia sudah saya rasa mungkin agak mencabar tetapi uh, bagaimana pula dengan meneroka Asia Tenggara pertamanya macam mana boleh berminat untuk meneroka beyond uh, Malaysia No, because kalau you kalau you know the underground music scene, especially the punk scene, kami actually is a network of friends. It's a global network of friends. Let's say I found myself somewhere in Perth lah tonight. I guarantee you, I can get a place to stay immediately with the punks there. <laughs> What I'm saying is, it's a very tight network of I don't want to say misfits, but <laughs> orang-orang yang berfikiran sama lah, and then coming from the punk and music scene and even dekat sini pun when the underground music scene started lah saya panggil underground because at that time ada metal ada punk ada indie ada everything lah so yang payung utama dia underground lah it's already connected saya masa saya buat fanzine dulu dah connected dengan budak-budak Filipin I mean because the Philippines scene antara yang, yang yang pertama di South Asia dia orang dah mula 79 dah ada dah dia punya band semua everything So, saya dah contact dia orang. So, macam natural lah. So, when you talk about it, it's naturally the region lah. But, satu lagi because, takkanlah kita nak buat archive tentang overseas kot. I mean, <laughs> because all that is actually been archived already. I mean, they have a different sense of mentality in terms of documentation. Kita tak ada. Kita punya perangai ni tak suka document kan, benda-benda yang ada. Uh, so, this is quite a brand new thing in a sense, you know. Because, satu lagi, Masa saya travel tu, saya banyak jumpa uh, yang abang-abang yang was way earlier into this thing. And then, they all lost their punya collection through, let's say, banjir. Mostly banjir lah kalau dekat Manila banjir atau dekat, dekat Jakarta pun sama. And ada yang terbakar, ada yang kena anai-anai. You know what I mean? And then, this is like, kalau let's say, if you want to just to keep it to the underground music scene, that means it's all already like almost 35 years of artifacts that's missing, you know? So, just to picture lah how how important it is lah kan. Um, yeah. And memang, kalau bercakap tentang scene underground music, memang never exclusive lah. Ianya memang sentiasa bercabang dan berkait rapat yeah, dengan yeah. dengan rata-rata yang lain kan? Yeah, yeah. It, it is very, um, it's, it's always been known as a network of friends, you know. And it also doesn't involve money. Not money is secondary to to the underground music scene. Which is why banyak betul, ah, bila you nak jadi macam ni, bila nak start buat duit no 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 because when you put the equation out of the big picture then suddenly everything is been done throughout mature support you know so dia dah buang part yang boleh membawa korupsi lah in sense you know <laughs> so that's why the like my house rumah saya ni di Kuala Lumpur dah dah bertahun-tahun I dah duduk di KL since oh, dah tahun ni dah uh, 30 tahun lah 88 So anyway, rumah saya dulu sebab saya ada connection dengan budak England, budak US, budak Europe. Kan? So, dia datang. Dia datang, dapat rumah saya. And then, they go off to another place. Another friend. You know, it's like 
Airbnb yang tak payah bayar lah. <laughs> you know? And the same thing. Bila I pergi Australia atau I pergi Japan atau tadi saya stay in Japan for a long time. It's just like that lah. You know? It's like, ah, okay. You know, come stay with me. You know? The first time saya pergi Brisbane and then that night saya pergi tengok show, punk show. Immediately, I got three places to stay. <laughs> so what I'm saying, it's just that's in terms of uh, the connection is very, very good. Okay, uh, berdasarkan uh, apa yang Joe dah lakukan sejak Rice Cooker Archives dimulakan, ada tak penemuan-penemuan yang orang kata mengejutkan ataupun yang memang bagi Joe agak menarik lah yang diperhatikan semenjak memulakan projek ni? Um, banyaknya kejadian-kejadian yang buruk lah in a sense. Saya pertamanya di mana saya dapat tahu ada rakaman-rakaman asal di RTM atau di Akasa Puri yang tidak disimpan. Uh, dibuang, ada yang dijual, ada yang diambil. Kalau you pergi ke MCOP Mall, ada rekod-rekod rakaman yang direkod oleh Johari Saleh semua tu. Yang direkod oleh RTM sendiri untuk dihantar kepada radio-radio stesen seluruh negara. Bagi aku itu memang artifak yang penting lah untuk kita kan. Sebab dulu kan, kita ada radio station, at least one radio station in every state. So all those radio station, they need material or content to play. So, at that time, a lot of the recording is done by orchestra ATM ataupun komposer-komposer yang komposer-komposer yang ada. Dan selepas tu, bila ada, bila ada industri recording yang dahsyat, which is about in the late 50s, early 60s, then onward to 60s, 70s, they, every record company would send at least dua keping atau tiga keping kepada setiap radio station untuk disimpan dan juga untuk di-play lah untuk dia punya publicity juga, kan. Tapi that's, all those things yang diorang simpan dulu ni, is in danger. Kalau you baca buku yang ditulis oleh Syedah Rasta baru-baru ni, tentang lagu negaraku, kita punya national team lah, kan. Even those, okay, let's just, just say one incident lah. Okay, di mana Tuan Kudur Rahman panggil komposer-komposer seluruh dunia untuk tulis, cadangkan satu uh, lagu untuk negara baru ni, untuk negara baru ni. Yeah, Malaya at that time Malaya lah dan hantarnya banyak more than 60 I heard kan tapi mana pergi semua tu what happened even Piramli pun hantar dia punya suggestion tak ada pun I mean where is it imagine kalau kita ada kan then we can actually play let's say Piharmonic Orchestra okay, this is the five best composition which was sent to us in 1956 before the independence can you imagine that <laughs> kan You know, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know, the importance of all these things, like, kan. Uh. Joe dah kongsikan sedikit, Joe punya, orang kata, uh, your vision for Rice Cooker Archives, lah, kan. Uh, tapi, macam, apakah lagi usaha-usaha lain yang boleh dilakukan untuk, orang kata, mengembangkan usaha untuk mengarkipkan dan, orang kata, mendokumentasikan sejarah uh, music, bukan saja hanya di Malaysia, tapi di rantau ni juga. Uh, sebenarnya ada dah yang saya jumpa ada kawan saya yang di Jakarta ada penamanya lupa dah dia ada bikin sekarang ni tapi dia concentrate on the recording from the 50s up to about the 60s di mana dulu di di Indonesia ada national studio bernama Lokananta so Lokananta banyak dia punya master recording semua masih ada and then kawan saya ni uh, David Terrigan namanya David Terrigan ada buat website bernama Music Nusantara di mana dia letak all the recording yang dia digitize daripada uh, piring-piring hitam yang dia jumpa. And even then, uh, dia punya method is quite simple lah. 
they digitize, they put it up. So let's say one page like Elise uh, Suryani, let's say. And then so there's one one EP. So there's four songs there. So they tag as itu, and then they can scan gambar depan, and then apa yang tertera dalam EP itu ada tu ditulis kat situ. That's it. Sometimes tak ada tulis pun tahun bila, because most of the time kita tahu tahun bila. Because that means that they hasn't gone through the process of researching when it came out. Because those days dekat Indonesia ada majalah seperti uh, Actual. Actual magazine is for you. Uh, budaya orang muda lah dulu which is, which is very important yang ada bercerita tentang ni uh, so I rasa David tak ada masa lagi to go through all that lah because he got so much to do so and then there's this guy my friend dekat uh, Green Papaya which is an art collective di Manila who still doing doing the same thing tahu saya pergi dia ada, dia ada majalah Jingle Magazine which is antara yang important lah Jingle Magazine ni uh, bermula tahun 72 and then Jingle Magazine ni tentang pop culture lah. And uh, yang paling simpelnya, ia actually just buku di mana kita beli untuk cari chord. Let's say lagu Beatles baru keluar kan. Ada buat ada seorang dia yang duduk kat rumah, find the chord and then lay down the chord and then get the lyrics and then letak dalam magazine tu. So you got all this. But along those chords and uh, lyrics tu, untuk orang main gitar doang kat rumah or something like this, there are articles. And there are like cartoons. There are like, which is, Uh, actually quite apa saya fikir dari segi uh, quite apa ni quite revolutionary dan juga quite risky lah because at that time uh, it was the uh, martial law era uh, oleh Marcos di mana kita tak boleh keluar dari rumah dah pukul 9 dah pukul 9.30 tak boleh keluar rumah dah kalau keluar ada tertangkap hilang terus you know so the culture the writing is actually very Very well done in the sense that it's menyindir what's happening around them. At the same time, giving a lot of, uh, a lot of the artists, a lot of the thinkers ways on how to bercerita tentang yang dia orang tak boleh bercerita. Understand or not? So, the magazine is also. Tapi kita tak ada. This is what I'm saying. Kita tak tak ada benda macam itulah. Saya ada jumpa yang tulisan Pak Sako atau Syana Ahmad tentang kita punya Woodstock Festival kita. Yang memang ada. Kita ada Woodstock Festival di sini diceras tahun 72. <laughs> so, this ada thing yang people tak tahu juga kan. Uh, so, what I'm saying is like, um, ada connection lah, ada kawan-kawan yang doing the same thing. Yang, and actually, because actually last last year, saya pergi ke Manila, dijemput ke Manila untuk conference di mana ada yang datang dari Hong Kong untuk bercerita tentang archiving sound, audio, dengan pop culture, semua everything. So, in a way, movement tu dah start lah. Uh, which is good lah because takkanlah I mean saya nak do everything <laughs> pecah kan pecah so got all these friends can help out so and then we can exchange apa ada apa yang tak ada you know and then and then learn from them and you know all these things lah and then tadi ada kawan daripada US yang datang dia memang uh, restorer atau dia dia restore sound-sound lama kalau banyak yang di US yang release Delta Blues yang dia recorded tahun 20-an 30-an kebanyakan dia yang buat So dia datang saya dia duduk kat kursi ni. So he told me about how to do things, how to go through things. So these are the the network that we have now to kind of like make apa kita buat ni substantial lah. I mean it's not just like macam shock sendiri kind of project lah kan. It has to be useful lah. Useful the people useful in terms of documenting what happened, history and all this. Lah. Because kita must rely especially kat Malaysia ni lah. Bila orang tengok cerita pasal rock, pasal rock and roll je dia orang tolak tepi. You know, it's discarded. 
you know so we we need we need to bring it out you know and then so that history can be written you know kalau tak you know it be lost macam tu je i just ask you one question this is very simple question pernah tak orang buat just a listing just a list discography piramli apa yang dia dah rilis tak ada tak ada tak ada yeah. can you imagine that and he's so agunglah dia punya <laughs> dia punya work tu kan artis yang agung untuk kita sebagai orang Malaysia kan tapi tak ada pun kan kami banyaklah bercerita pasal buku dia pasal live dia semua betul filem ni ada rasa filem dia punya listing filem saya mungkin ada tapi dia punya record recorder buat siapa yang tulis lagu ni siapa you know tahun berapa <laughs> yang piring macam mana piring batu ke <laughs> tak ada and that's a very simple thing lah and then kalau kita banding pula apa yang dia orang ada let's say in in, in in the western countries lah and how they they took care of these things you know like even the field recordings yang dibuat oleh apa namanya tu and goes around to the all the slave yang mereka tu duduk still duduk, duduk kerja dekat padang uh, kapas eh? Eh? recorded the singing after work you know the real blues dia orang simpan dia orang simpan <laughs> that's what i'm saying dan kita masih banyak tertinggal dari segi in terms of documentation of our history you know it's like i tell you one thing like what ua ua shari told me this good friend of mine dia punya early films kan eh? dia punya early dia dia dulu kan um, buat a lot of uh, student films juga kan where are they adakah you know fina simpan tak ada yang ada di the us dan di japan because they value it more kita tak value benda this thing kan which is Very sad lah. Kalau you look at that way, it's very, very sad. And memang benda ni akan jadi satu proses yang ongoing lah. Kan, as you discover like benda-benda yang bersejarah, yang dulu-dulu dan juga uh, mungkin masa kini, it'll grow lah. It'll grow naturally, right? Yeah, it, of course. Of course it, it will grow that naturally. And then, uh, I hope at one point, I can leave it to other people to to do it lah. You know what I mean? To, to keep it going. And because, you know, <laughs> I... I'm not going to be doing this for a long time. Ada yang time-time nak buat benda lain kan? You know? So, it has to be, it needs, most importantly, it needs support. It needs support from well-meaning people. Lah. Not people yang want to come here to get something to to sell for more money and all that. No, I mean, the value of it, to, to value what we had, yang is almost gone. You know? And, um, yeah, I mean, the enjoyment of music also tak jangan lupa tu it's also fun kan it's a, it's a fun thing to do you can dance to it you can you know, jump around to it and it, you know and then at a certain point in time the writer of the song is singing about what's happening in that time you know you writing in the same you talking about the disco in in, in Jockey Road you know what I mean? <laughs> this is also important Kami telah membincangkan inisiatif Arkip dan dokumentasi Music Rock and Roll Asia Tenggara yang dipelopori Rice Cooker Archives bersama pengasasnya Jokit. Untuk mengikuti perkembangannya, lawati laman Facebook mereka di facebook.com/thericecookerarchives. Anda juga boleh melawat Rice Cooker Archives di bangunan Chongsan, Kampung Atap. 
Itu sahaja untuk episod Bila Larut Malam minggu ini. Kongsikan pandangan anda berkenaan topik malam ini di Twitter kami at BFM Radio. Untuk mendengar episod-episod Bila Larut Malam yang seterusnya, sertai kami setiap Rabu malam selepas pukul 12.30 malam. Jika anda ingin mendengar episod kami yang sebelumnya, anda boleh stream atau mak turun podcast kami di bfm.my. Anda juga boleh mak turun app kami di Apple App Store dan Google Play untuk mengikuti rancangan Bila Larut Malam dan pelbagai lagi rancangan-rancangan yang lain di BFM. Jangan lupa juga untuk like page kami di Facebook, BFM Bicara. Sekian, saya Hanif Baharudin. Selamat malam, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.